Hello, and thank you for tuning in to New Glasgow Christian Church. My name is Stephen Weatherby, and I'm the pastor here at NGCC, a small rural church with a big heart located in central Prince Edward Island, Canada. We're so glad that you could join us. If you could do anything in your life over again, if you could have a second chance, would there be things in your life that you would do different? Maybe something minor, like when your server at the restaurant says, enjoy your meal, and you say, thanks, you too. <laughs> or maybe it's something more major, like wishing that you'd mended a broken relationship with someone you cared about before they'd passed away. This Sunday, we're gathered together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and his victory over death and sin. But for Peter, while I'm sure he was overjoyed at the resurrection of Jesus, he found himself in an awkward and hard place. As we've been looking at for the last three weeks, he had denied knowing Jesus three times before he was put to death. He denied that he'd ever even met him. How could he ever be a friend of Jesus again? How could he ever take part in his ministry? Peter found himself wishing for a second chance. Why is a second chance so important? I mean, when we, we reflect on the past, we think about the things and the decisions we've made, and we think, if I could do this over again, maybe I would have done this instead of this. And that means that as time has passed, we feel regret and guilt for the decisions that we've made and wish that we could change them. Today on Easter morning, we come to the end of this road to redemption that we've been on. Peter claimed during the Passover meal, the Last Supper, that he was the most dedicated disciple of Jesus. They were all fighting over who was the, the greatest disciple. And he claimed that he was willing to go to jail for Jesus or die for him. And yet a few hours later, Peter denied that he even knew him three times. And then Jesus was beaten, mocked, tortured, and crucified on a cross, leaving Peter without anywhere to place his hope. Now today we celebrate Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is alive. But Peter, we can only imagine he was still trapped by the guilt that he felt for denying Jesus on the night of his arrest. He wanted a second chance to serve Jesus and to follow him. And fortunately for him, and fortunately for us as well, Easter and the Easter story is all about second chances. It's about redeeming and restoring those who God loves, and that's all of us. So as we read this story together this morning that we're going to look at, and, and as we watch as Peter is led into restoration, let's allow Jesus to heal our wounds and to lead us into restoration as well. So, I promise we did not plan this, but Barry actually set up my entire sermon and my story. It was completely unintentional. It feels like it was planned. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Um, so this story on, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, um, this story that Barry shared, they were fishing, uh, they caught all these fish, and they came to the shore and Jesus cooked them breakfast. Uh, that is the, the, the scene of this story we're going to look at today. They've, they've eaten their meal, uh, and, and then Peter and Jesus have a conversation. 
So up on the screen, you'll see a picture of the Sea of Galilee, or hopefully you can see it. Um, so the reason it's so dark is that it's early in the morning. Uh, this is as the sun's rising. This is the actual Sea of Galilee on the shore. So just to kind of uh, give you a picture to, to think on as we read this story. So after they finished eating, it says in John 21, 15 to 19, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you wanted. You, let, you dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. So I can only imagine how painful this conversation must have been for Peter. The last time he shared a meal with Jesus, before this, the disciples had all been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Peter had boldly declared to Jesus, even if all these others desert you and turn their back on you, I will never do that. I will go to jail for you. I will die for you if I have to. And then just a few hours later, Peter denied he even knew Jesus. Three times. He actually cursed himself. He said, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know that man. He completely disowned him. And the third time when he said that, when he said, a curse on me, I don't know him, at that moment, Jesus looked at him from across the courtyard in the eye. And then Peter left weeping bitterly. And, and since then, um, Jesus had been beaten, mocked, crucified, put into a grave, risen from that grave, and returned to life. But there was this gulf between them. There was this um, unspoken awkwardness. Because Peter knew that even though he was alive now, in his darkest hour, he had abandoned him. I can only imagine the immensity of the guilt that he must have felt. So the last time they shared a meal, he claimed he was the most faithful and dedicated to Jesus. They both knew what had happened since then. So when we get to verse 15, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That must have been a really hard question to hear. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He doesn't say he loves, he loves them more than these. He says, you know that I love you. The word Jesus uses here is agape. And we, we've talked about the words for love before. Agape is unconditional sacrificial love. Jesus says, do you love me unconditionally, sacrificially? And Peter's response is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he does not use the word agape. He says, you know that I phileo you, 
which is brotherly, true friend kind of love. What does he mean by that? Maybe he was ashamed of his denial of Jesus and wasn't willing to say that he had agape love for Jesus because he was ashamed and embarrassed. Maybe he wasn't even sure where he stood with Jesus and he wanted Jesus to know he was still a true friend to him. Uh, some people say, well, John just switches between the two words a lot. And, and that's true, but in this case, I don't think that's what's happening. I think there's a specific difference. We can only speculate as to what was going on in Peter's heart at the time. But what we do know is that Jesus asked, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter said, you know that I love you as a true friend and a brother. And after Peter replies, Jesus says, then feed my lambs. And I'm sure that this was reassuring to Peter because it gives you the first glimpse of redemption and the hope of Easter. Jesus didn't ask him, why did you turn your back on me? He didn't ask him, why did you deny me? Why did you disown me? Why did you curse yourself for knowing me? He asked, do you love me? And when Peter said yes, even though maybe it wasn't quite the yes Jesus was looking for here, he said, then feed my lambs. If you love me, serve me. Teach my future disciples. I still want to use you for my purposes. And then Jesus repeats the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Agape, do you love me? Then Peter says again, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Do you love me unconditionally, sacrificially? He asks again, and Peter says again, Yes, Lord, you know that you are my brother and a true friend. Once again, it's not quite what Jesus asked. But Jesus responds again, saying, Then take care of my sheep. And the first, when he says, Feed my sheep, it's, all, it's like teaching and nurturing. The second one, Take care of my sheep, it's to tend or to pastor. So Jesus once again affirms he still wants to use Peter for his purposes. He still wants Peter to follow him despite everything that had happened. And then a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you phileo love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo love you. Jesus says, then feed my sheep. So you notice the difference here. Jesus doesn't say, do you agape love me? Peter had replied to both of the agapes. He said, yes, I love you as a brother. And then Jesus says, do you love me as a brother and a friend? And it says Peter was hurt by this. And a lot of people say he was hurt because he was asked three times. And I think that's partially true. But when you look at the literal Greek translation here, it says, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the third time, do you phileo me? He was hurt that Jesus the third time asked, do you love me as a brother and a friend? I'm sure he was thinking back to the fact that he denied Jesus three times and that he'd asked three times. He's probably thinking back to that final moment when Jesus was being beaten and mocked on the other side of the courtyard. Remember I said the size of the courtyard, it's like I'm over here as Peter, and then at the back of the church is Jesus being beaten and spit on. And he's saying, I don't know the man, a curse on me. And then as he says that, Jesus over where Larissa is looks at him from across the room. 
I'm sure he's thinking about this. Because he turned his back on Jesus and abandoned him in his darkest hour. And now Jesus asks him the third time, Are you my true friend? Are you my brother? Do you love me? Peter was hurt. This was painful. He knew who he was. He knew he was a sinner. He knew what he had done. While this question was merited, it did not lessen the sting and the hurt of it. But his answer was true. He was not lying. And it was not the intention of Jesus to hurt him. He may have been a flawed, imperfect sinner like all of us. He may have turned his back on Jesus. He may have boasted when he should have been humble. But he really, truly did love Jesus. So he said to Jesus, you know all things. That's an intellectual knowledge. You are God. You know everything. You have all knowledge. You know that I phileo love you. And that word he uses for the second no is knowledge gained through experience. It's how I know someone's loyal because they've been loyal to me for years. Jesus knows all things because he is Lord, but he also has walked with and shared life with Peter for three years. Peter may be flawed and imperfect. He may have failed Jesus in a major way, but he does love him unconditionally, sacrificially, as a brother and as a true friend. And he says, Jesus... You've lived with me for three years. You know me. You know I love you. And that is what mattered to Jesus. So Jesus says, then feed my sheep. Again, Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus doesn't ask him, why did you turn your back on me? Why did you betray me? Why did you abandon me? He says, do you love me? And that's what matters. Because Jesus knows we're flawed. He knows we're sinners. He knows we're not perfect. The beauty of this morning, of Easter morning, of the resurrection, is that we no longer are required to earn our way by being perfect people. Because of the price that Jesus paid, we are free from the chains of sin. And now what he wants from us is our hearts. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to love him. That is what that meant for Peter. He had been restored and redeemed. Jesus just wanted to know that Peter loved him. And that's all that mattered going forward. Because he'd been resurrected and his sin was paid for. And now that Jesus knew he had Peter's heart, he calls for him to follow him. In verse 18 it says, I tell you the truth, when you were young you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. And it says that Jesus said this to let him know how he would die. And then Jesus told him, follow me. The road that Jesus was calling Peter on would not be easy. His independence would be stripped away it definitely, this passage alludes directly to a life of persecution, imprisonment, 
and eventually death. The stretching out of hands alludes to the way that criminals' hands would be stretched out to carry the crossbeam on their back as they were being led to be crucified. There's no misunderstanding here. There's no room for misunderstanding what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you are going to die the same way I died. And then he says, follow me. Jesus asked, do you love me? Peter said three times in three ways, yes, I do. He had been restored. Jesus had his heart. He'd completed his journey down the road to redemption. And now it was time to obey the words that Jesus had given them in Matthew 16, 24. He said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So this Easter morning, as we conclude this journey we've been on, this road to redemption, know this. Jesus is ready to forgive and to restore. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you have done. You may think, well, you don't know the things that I've done or the kind of person that I truly am, and I don't. I'm just some guy who comes up to talk every Sunday. But Jesus knows who you are. He knows exactly who you are. He knows everything you've done. He knows the numbers of hair on your head. He knows every decision you would make before you made it. And he still chose to give up heaven and perfection, to come and be beaten, mocked, spit on, tortured, and crucified to buy you personally freedom from whatever has you in chains. And he did it because he personally loves each and every one of you and wants you to be free. Now we have to be honest about our spiritual condition. We have to admit that sometimes we lack commitment to Jesus and to his church. We have to admit we are flawed, imperfect sinners. And when we are honest with God, we should expect him to be honest with us. He's not a fool. If we say, God, I don't feel close to you, be prepared to hear, well, probably because I haven't heard from you in a while. Where have you been? God cuts directly to the root of the problem, and that problem is always our hearts. The root is our hearts. And that is what he wants, is our hearts. He knows we aren't perfect. He knows we are sinners. It's not like if he knew all the things we'd done, he wouldn't have come. He did know, and he still came. You can't let God down because you aren't holding him up. He holds you up, and that is the beauty of Easter. He didn't ask Peter, why are you a sinner? Why did you abandon me? Why did you turn your back on me? He asked, despite all that, do you love me? And he's asking each of us the same thing this morning. Do you love him? That is what matters. Is he your friend, your brother? Because of the resurrection, we are restored. We are redeemed. We are made new. And now that we are his, we must follow him wherever he leads us. Maybe it's just following him as he leads us through our everyday life. Or maybe it's selling everything we own and moving to another country. 
I don't know the answer to that. It's different for everybody. But what I do know is that Jesus is risen. He has redeemed us and restored us with his own blood. He paved the road to redemption with his own blood. He's paid for our sins. He's forgiven us. And he is calling each and every one of us, saying, follow me. We owe him absolutely everything. And all he is asking for in return is our hearts and a willingness to follow his leading. Will you follow him? Father God, I thank you this morning for the joy and the happiness and the relief and freedom that we have because of Easter morning, because of the resurrection of Jesus. We know you are a holy God and that you cannot be in the presence of sin, but we also know that you love us so much that you would give up your own son to die and pay the price for our sin in our place so that you could live with us once again and so that we could have a relationship with you. I ask that as we leave this morning, you would keep that joy and excitement in our hearts and that you would help us to be filled with the love that you have for us so that we can love the world around us and show them your love through us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that this week's teaching was a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you live in the New Glasgow area, we would love for you to come and join us for our Sunday gathering. For information on service times, location, and more, check out our website at ngcc.ca. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening and have a great week.